Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. The power of Joseph in the life of Jesus is so sad that it is not talked about more. Because in the culture in which Jesus was born into, even though Joseph had nothing to do with his conception, the role of a father was critical. It was a, it was a day not long ago, even in this country, that the role of a father was thought to be critical. All you have to do is open your eyes and look around and see what happens to a world that doesn't value a father in a child's life. So here is the high priest getting ready to cut the flesh away from an eight-year-old boy named Yeshua who was conceived of a virgin. Angels proclaimed it to Mary and Joseph. All of heaven stood in awe and watched the birth of this child in Bethlehem. Eight days later, he's standing in the temple. Joseph is. Mary is there. Simon the prophet who who has declared he's blind. He's standing at the temple. Old man. People are like, man, why don't you just lay down and Going to be, don't suffer anymore and going to be with the Lord. And he said, the Lord has told me I will not die, watch this as a blind man, until I see the Messiah. He's standing at the temple. Joseph and Mary walk by him. And he declares, I can die now. The whole world knew who he was in the spirit realm. The whole spirit realm knew who he was. But here is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords laying as an eight-year-old baby boy naked. And the priest has no clue who is laying before him. The priest who had taught and memorized messianic scriptures knew every scripture speaking of that boy, but did not know who the boy was. What is his name? Who is this child? Who are you? His name is Jesus. And when he heard, his, when he heard that, his name is Jesus, the priest would say, His name is Jesus. Get this revelation. The first time his name was ever uttered in the temple of God, blood was shed. The blood of Jesus was shed eight days into his life. Thirty-three and a half years later, that same blood would be shed again on a cross in a place called Golgotha. The same mama that held him in her arms handed him off to the priest 
was at his feet. She squealed when she saw her baby scream and blood run down the side of the table. She squealed again and cried out and moaned in grief. And she saw her son, a grown man, beaten beyond recognition. Mother. Naked again. He was completely naked. Mother. John's going to take care of you in the physical. John, please treat her like your own mother. I don't want to leave you, mother, but there's no other way. Priest, I mean, thief is on the cross next to him on both sides. Looks at him and goes, oh, I see what they said about you is true. I know what's about to happen because I've heard the scriptures. My granddaddy told me what was going to happen when the Messiah came. I ain't lived for you, but I'm asking you, if it's the last thing I ever do, will you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And Jesus demonstrating his love for human, humanity looked at a thief when everyone else had judged him to death and to burn in hell. He said, this day you will be with me in Paris. Jesus took care of the thief. Jesus took care of his mother. Jesus took care of us when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he said, it is finished. What is finished? The plan to get us back. What is his name? What is his name? You didn't get it. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. You don't get it. It was more than a ritualistic thing. The word Yeshua is in the original, original uh, Hebrew, Yehoshua, which means Savior. That's why, that's why the angel told Mary, His name shall be called Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. What is His name? The priest didn't even realize it when he cut the flesh of Jesus and the blood shed from Jesus for the first time. At the very moment the blood shed, He said, His name is Savior of the world. Savior of the world was proclaimed over him eight days in, in the natural. Here we are 2,000 plus years later of an event that changed the world, a man that changed the world. You don't, I don't know if I believe that Jesus really existed. Oh, okay, okay, whatever, man. But yet you believe some of the stuff you see on social media right now? Huh? You want to believe some of the mess you've been told? You want to believe just because somebody don't even know anything about anything going to try to tell you something? Just because he got a, a title or something? You're going to believe every word he says, but you ain't going to believe the most historically documented fact in the history of, of, of history. Do you know there's more secular human archaeological evidence to prove the man Jesus walked this earth than historical figures as, as uh, Napoleon, as, as as um, uh, 
Caesar. Many of these people that you know that are out there, there is archaeological, physical evidence to prove that Jesus existed. How about this one? What year is it? What's this, what, what's this year called? 2021. Why do we call it 2021? Because a man was born of a virgin and changed the world so much that we literally stopped counting time and started counting over. Oh, come on, y'all hear me. That's why they used to say, in the year of our Lord, 2020. In the year of our Lord, 2021. Because when you write a check, when you sign a contract, when you ever write the date, you are declaring that Jesus Christ exists Existed, walked this earth. Well, that don't prove that he is who he said he was. Nope, it don't. But here's the question you got to deal with. There is emphatic proof that he existed. There, there is, there is zero evidence. Zero things have ever been produced ever. To say that it's a hoax. There is absolutely 10,000% chance. If that's even possible. I'm just trying to emphatically tell you. Historically there is no question. That a man named Jesus existed. Historically there is without question. A group of people that followed him. And started a, what they would call a sect, a sect. Or a religious movement called Christianity. It is emphatically known that Christianity started right there in Jerusalem. And has spread all over the world. That is a historical fact. So God gives you that. You're spotted with that knowledge. Remember when you were a kid, you'd, when you'd play sports, and, you, and you, you'd be better than somebody else in that sport or whatever, and you'd say, well, I'll spot you 10. In other words, before we ever even start, it's 10 to nothing. You got me up 10 to nothing. That's how confident I am. I'm going to come back and whoop you. Huh? How many of us, when you thought you was the fastest around, you say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll spot you to that table over there. When you get that table, I'll take off. Because you knew you was gonna, you're still going to beat them. So you've been spotted with this. Here it is. Historically, without doubt, Jesus Christ, the man, existed. You start there. You don't have to fight to find proof that he existed. You're there. It's there. It's in your library. It's not just in your Bible. It's in your library. Okay? So you're spotted with the knowledge that he existed. But then God steps back and says, that's all I'm spotting you. From this point forward, it's on you to choose what you believe. Now, I can't historically prove to you that he was born of a virgin. I can't historically, archaeologically prove that he lived a sinless life. I can't historically, archaeologically prove, show you a historical document chiseled line upon line of the events that happened during the three days where his body laid in a tomb sealed with a stone. And what happened when the stone was moved and the angel rolled it away and how he walked out. I can't lay that on the line for you. 
you're going to have to choose to believe. I heard a man say one time, he said, and I'm probably going to butcher it. I'm going to try to do it slow so I get it right. Okay, here it is. Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or he was Lord. He's one of those three. He's one of those three to everybody. He's either your Lord, or you think, because you can't deny that he existed. You can deny that, but you're, you're being silly and, quite frankly, just being historically stupid. Okay? Okay, if you deny the existence, because you're, you're just going against all archaeological evidence. You want to always talk about, oh, we believe the science. I follow the science. I follow the, well, follow the science. He exists. Okay, it's there. Okay. So, the fact that he existed, and the, we know that he existed, and we know that he started something called Christianity. So, it was either a cult based on a lunatic that thought he was made himself to be somebody that he wasn't. Or everywhere he went, he told lies about himself, made up everything, and he was the, the most pathological liar in the history of the world. Or he really was who he said he was. King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me tell you something. A lie don't last 2,500 years, 23, 2,200 years, whatever. Come on. A lie don't last 2,000 plus years. There has never been a history of a cult based on a lunatic surviving and growing continent after continent after continent for thousands of years. It always ends up dying off. It always ends up getting exposed. Because how many knows the truth always comes out? Do you realize for decades, people have went to Israel. Decades. 50, 60 plus years, or probably even longer than that. I know for 50 or 60 plus years. Atheist professors, archaeologists, archaeologists, whatever you call them. Them people that dig in dirt. They, they have gone... What? Archaeologists. <laughs> Has they have gone to Israel and the Middle East for one purpose. Millions upon millions of dollars have been invested and spent for one purpose. To disprove the Bible. Not only after tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, not only after professor, after a dirt digger, after dirt diggers, what I'm going to call them. No one has ever found a single piece of evidence to disprove the Old Testament or the New Testament. Let me tell you the facts. The facts are many of those professors ended up giving their life to Jesus because they realized while they were trying to disprove him, the evidence proved him. I don't know 
know I'm not preaching about a donkey. I know that's what y'all thought I was going to preach about. That's what I thought I was going to preach about. You better wrap your head around the fact. Who is he to you? Is he a lunatic? Crazy man? Leading some cult? Is he a pathological liar? Or, or is he Lord? And I'm going to tell you something. If you fall on the side that he's Lord, that he is who he said he, he is and that he was who he said he was, there's something that comes with that. If, he, if you really believe he was who he said he was and he is who he said he is, then you got to understand that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except by me. You don't get to heaven unless you come through me. Some of y'all saw that stupid demonic tennis shoe that came out. How many see that demonic tennis shoe? What's that rapper's name? Little Devil, is that right? What? What? Oh, Little Nas, I thought you said Little Devil. Let me tell you something. Everywhere I look, you see people sharing this picture. If y'all ain't heard about it, this very famous rapper, Little Nas, Little Nas or Lil Nas? Did I gotta say Lil Nas? Little, 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 I'm, I'm from the country. I'm going to say, oh, you know, it's just old Nas. You know old Nas. What does Nas mean? Nothing? I don't know what Nas means. But he's the one, I didn't even know this. He's the one who sang that song about riding that horse down the old town road. Okay, with Billy Ray Cyrus. I told my wife that. This is this, this how, how catchy or how Demonic, maybe, catchy that song. I told my wife, I was like, that's that guy sung that song, riding that horse down the old town road. That's all I said. I laid down in the bed in my little camper last night, trying to go to sleep, and I heard, gonna ride my horse down the old town road. Gonna ride. I was like, are you serious? I couldn't stop singing it. This dude come out with a tennis shoe. When I first saw this, I thought, this is not real. This is, this is not real. This is some person trying to clickbait. He just, this is not real. But it's real. He took a Nike tennis shoe, and he's produced, listen to this, 666 pairs of shoes. The red and black, and in the pump on the front of the Nike Air, what? It's a pentagram. A demonic pentagram, the symbol of Satanism, and inside that, where that air is that you pump it, I forgot what the other elements are, but inside every one of the 666 shoes is one drop of human blood. One drop of human blood. He has created, he's, he's individually marked, they're only going to make 666 of them. He made a video to coincide with it. Where he is in the Garden of Eden. Of course, he's come out as you know a gay man, homosexual. And he's making out with a half man, half serpent in the garden. In the garden. 
He's making out with him. I, I ain't seen I saw a clip of it. I, I, I tried to watch the video, and I was like, no. I'll just read about it. So I saw the thing about him making out with, with the serpent as far as I could go. But I went on. I saw some pictures of some, some preacher friends of mine that shared it with me. And what happens in the video, I'm not telling you to go watch the video. Please don't. But he almost, this is what they said. Now, I haven't seen the videos. This is what I've been told. He almost makes it to heaven. And just shy of heaven, God says, you ain't come up here. So he slides down a stripper pole as a male stripper. And he works that pole, and I'll be real with y'all, I'm talking about the world we're in right now, all the way to hell. He sees the devil, of course, there's a man sitting over there. And he goes and he does a lap dance on the devil. And him and the devil start making out. This is what I've been told. He kills the devil. And then he takes the devil's crown, puts it on his own head, and sits down on the throne of hell and makes the statement that is a very famous satanic statement. I'd rather rule in hell than serve somebody in heaven. Now this is the, this is the artist that has said... Because of that Old Town Road song, his number one audience is children. He's won several uh, teen, Nick Teen Awards and all that because of that song, because that was a very catchy song for kids. Let me tell you something about God. Now I'm going to close this right here. I don't know where I'm going after this. Let me tell you something about God. The, first let me say, tell you something about the devil, then I'm going to tell you something about God. The devil is an idiot. The devil is stupid. He's an idiot. He's ugly. He's got bad breath. If the Lord would let me cuss him, I'd cuss him. I want to say some bad stuff about him. I said that when we was first meeting in houses. 27 years ago I said I hate you devil at the end of my mess sitting in a living room with a bar stool as my bar about 10 12 people I said I hate you devil you're ugly you stink you got bad hair you got I was just trying to be funny I was, I was dogging out the devil this this guy that was that I knew wasn't really fully committed to the church but he was he had just sort of been checking out this house church he come up to me after he's a minister he comes up after he said I want to I want to give you a bit of advice I was only like 23. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is he? he goes, if I was you, I'd be careful how you talk to the devil. And I, and I remember, I'll never forget that moment. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, now I know we have authority, but you don't need to be inviting more attacks. Now I was 23 years old. And, and, and I, I remember saying, well, I understand what you're saying. I appreciate your advice and I'll let it go. Man, if I could go back to that 23-year-old, I'd look at that brother and say, well, <laughs> What did you just say? You think there's something I can do to invite a bigger attack than what I'm already doing? You think I, you think, so I'm going to talk down to the devil. I, listen, I know the devil's powerful, but he's only powerful to people who ain't got Jesus. I, listen, I ain't, I ain't got time to play with the devil. 
That's why we got people doing stuff like this. What I'm talking about this shoe. Because they ain't the devil ain't scared of the church no more. You know all you know all the church has done? Make a post about it and share it. Call them to ban Nike. You want you want ban Nike instead of dealing with the demonic influence that's on this country and on our family. You you want to ban Nike? You want to cancel Nike? Hashtag cancel Nike is trending. Why don't we have hashtag cast the devil out? Nobody's trending that one. Happy Palm Sunday. The devil's stupid. He's stupid. He's ugly. Oh, you know what? When you said loser, you know what I heard? You can't say Lucifer without loser. I know, that was a corny dad joke. He's a loser. Lucifer. I don't know. I'm just in one of those moods. Stop. Listen, let me tell you how stupid he is. In the devil's attempt to mock God. Do you know what little Nas did? Thinking that he was praising the devil. He literally has embroidered the scripture on the side of all 666 of those shoes. The scripture that says, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. It is literally on the side of these pentagram demonic shoes. Thinking that he's, he's, he's like the devil. I want to fall like lightning. But what is happening is all over the world, people who have never been in church in their life are reading that scripture. And when, oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. They're looking up scripture for the first time in their life. And you know what that scripture says? It's the whole passage. They're going to go back and read the whole passage. That's when Jesus sent his disciples out into the community to pray for the sick. And they all came back. And in the book of Luke, he says, give me a report. What happened? They said, Jesus, we had revival. Oh, the lame walked. The, the, the blinded eyes opened. Even the dead were raised in your name. We cast out devils in your name is what they said to Jesus. He says, demons. Listen how stupid the devil is. Right before that scripture that's on the side of that shoe. It says this. The disciples said, even, even demons were subject to us in your name. And Jesus responds with the craziest response ever. I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Did you hear what we just said? We just had revival. I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Then the very next verse, it says this. Rejoice not that demons are subject to you in my name, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh my God, do y'all hear this? Do y'all hear this? Those kids are gonna look at that shoe and they're gonna say, wait, wait, wait a minute. The devil lost, the devil really lost, the devil didn't win. There's a book I need my name in, Jesus. 
Jesus, what the devil meant for bad, God's going to turn that shoe around for good. I'm telling you, there's more people reading the word of God today than devil stupid. So proud. That's the thing about the devil. When the devil wins a victory and the devil gets a hold, he can't stop there. He has to keep going until he goes overboard. He don't know when to stop. And what he always ends up doing, just like when he persecuted the children of Israel, when they were bound to, in Egypt as slaves, he says, you know what? No, I'm not going to set them free. I'm going to increase the workload on them. I'm going I'm I'm to make it harder on them. I'm going to take them down. But the Bible said, but the more they were persecuted, the greater they became. The more in number they became and the stronger and more determined they became. And in the midst of that intensified persecution, God raised up a Moses. So, now I'm going to preach my sermon. I just think that is hilarious. I didn't, I couldn't tell it. All I saw was the shoe. I saw a little white writing on it. And then I zoomed in and I thought, are you kidding me? Because I knew that scripture me. I, I said, are you kidding me? Can you? What happened in that focus group meeting? When there are, the demons are all manifesting how they're going to promote, you know, drive people to the pentagram and drive people to serving the devil. And some deep, de, some demon speaks up. You know what we really need to do? And they're like, yeah, that's great. Because they ain't never read the Bible. They don't know that scripture in context. All they heard, heard was the devil's like lightning. Woo, don't you know the kids are going to want to be like lightning? They're going to want to be like the devil. Yeah, let's put that one on there. That's a good idea. Right next to the pentagram. Oh, my God. Some of the things that drop in my spirit sometime when I'm up here. Oh, I heard the Lord just say to me, not only did they put a scripture on the side of it and didn't even realize it, it's one of the things that they're promoting is that inside every one of them is one drop of blood. My God, human blood. But what's going to happen is some of them going to realize when they read the word of God that it was one drop of blood on Calvary that saved them from their sins. My God, you can put human blood in my shoe, but the devil is under my foot, baby. If I had a pair of them shoes, I wouldn't even be scared to put them on. I'd preach in them. I wouldn't be, if you ever run across some, bring them to me. I'll put them on and I'll preach in them. I'll preach in them. Because I tell you, there might be a pentagram on the top of my head, but there's a devil under my foot. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, one drop of blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? What an idiot. I'm not talking about little Nas. I'm talking about the devil. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost.
Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus can use some, some crazy things. I'm going to tell you. Jesus didn't send the coronavirus. Jesus didn't send COVID-19. But Jesus is using it. Huh? God didn't make us sick. God didn't bring a pandemic. But God is using it. He's causing the remnant to rise up. He's addressing some underlying issues that the church has failed to address. Like fear, intimidation, manip manipulation. Making governments and presidents and leaders, kings and lords and gods instead of God. All the stuff that we put before God. He's using coronavirus to bring it down to where there's nothing left but God. People that are going to church, people that are tied into church, people that are faithfully streaming every week, people that are continuing to sow and give and serve to the, the best of their ability are becoming few and far between. I don't want anybody to quit, but the reality is this. This has caused people to make a decision. I'll tell you something. Today's the day called Palm Sunday. Today's the day that Jesus rides that donkey into Jerusalem. And they call it Palm Sunday because right as he's coming up the mountain and he's about to enter into the same temple court that he's entered to his whole life. And it wasn't anything unusual about it. The thing that was unusual about it is how he came up. He was riding a donkey into the eastern gate. Into the eastern gate, which is the messianic gate. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing me? Riding it into the eastern gate, proclaiming himself to be the Messiah. And they were waving palm branches, which was signifying of royalty. Riding that donkey. Going in in a moment that would change the world. But let me tell you what you need to get. This wasn't in my notes, but you need to get this. You better be careful. When you follow and go all in with the crowd. Huh? I'm telling you, we have a crowd mentality in this country. We're a bunch of sheep. That if a handful of people that we sort of like and we sort of think that's got some kind of credibility says something, we just fall in line. And we just all, went, well, if everybody, well, there must be something to it. There's, there's five million people doing it. I'm just going to slide right in here with them because there must be, because five million people wouldn't be doing it if it was, wasn't real. Sheep mentality. Following the crowd. Because that same crowd on this day, they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's the same crowd that five days later will scream and crucify him. You better follow the one that's on the donkey. Not the ones that are standing around the donkey. Oh, and I didn't say follow the donkey. Don't follow a donkey. Don't follow an elephant. They're getting quiet. Y'all better be glad I ain't preaching from the King James Version. Because if I was preaching on the King, King James Version, I'd say something like this. If God can use any old act, I guess he can use you. Oh, I talked to him this morning. 
He, he, he told me, he goes, son, I'm tell you, I know you ain't me, but I'll tell you what I say at my church. I said, Bishop, only you can get away with it. <laughs> I literally talked to him for about 30 minutes this morning. He's like, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know I preach out of King James. I, I, can't, I can't change the version when I preach this sermon. So here's what it is. So he said, every year I tell my folks, God can use his act. He can use your act. Tied up, bound up to a pole. Never been used, never been ridden. That donkey. I, I, I chose that picture. I thought, man, he almost looked human. That side eye. See, a donkey, see if you can relate to this, is stubborn, but he's also strong. He also is bred for a purpose. He's not bred. You know, you don't, you, you know, you may, you may have that unusual farmer da daughter that asks for this, but most daughters don't say, Daddy, what I want for Christmas is a new donkey. They want a pony. They want a horse. They, no kid has ever said, if I could just have a donkey. Because donkeys are made to work. They're made to pull. They're made to do the grunt work. The work that the horses don't want to do. Are y'all hearing me? So he's tied up, he's bound up. It is time, and I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching my message. I'm just going to make one point about donkeys, and then I'm going to just, I don't know what I'm going to do. He knows. He's watched other donkeys. He sees them being ridden. Oh, they, people rode donkeys. Mary rode donkeys. They rode donkeys, especially in that time. But they're not galloping beautiful horses that that's not the ultimately they can be ridden but that's not why they were created so he sees people riding other donkeys he sees uh, other donkeys being used for, with their destiny tilling the ground pulling things getting pats on the head good job good job good job but the bible says this donkey had never been ridden ever it almost implies he spent most of his existence being fed being kept and being tied up to a pole. The Bible says that when Jesus is getting ready to fulfill that prophecy and ride into it, he looked at his disciples. He told two of his disciples, he said, I want you to go to a particular place. It was, a, he go, it was very, very specific. Watch what he said. He said, you will find a donkey and a colt tied to a pole. Watch this. At the gathering of two other roads. In other words, at a Y. In the middle of that Y is a pole. You will walk down one road and you will find this donkey sitting at a crossroads. Tied. Bound up. It's in your Bible. He said, I want you to walk right up to it and I want you to unloose the rope. 
By the way, if you need scripture to feel like I'm actually preaching, it's Matthew 21. And when you loose it, the owner's going to run out and say, what are you doing with my donkey? And you say to him, the Lord has need of him. And he will bless you and you won't get arrested for stealing. Now let me show you something. This is all I want to tell you about the donkey today. I think it's ironic that the donkey was tied up at two different paths. Because a donkey is stubborn. And the donkey's not, you know, I'm gonna mean nothing offend, I don't say nothing against you, Mr. Donkey here, but you know, he don't have the reputation of being the smartest in the world. You know? Yeah, I wish I, I was when I was on the way to church today thinking about my message today. I was saying, you know what I need? I need a cowbell. Like Country Boy Eddie. Y'all remember Country Boy Eddie? He'd always do that. He'd always go, Do you know what this service needs? More cowbell! Comes a donkey. Here comes a donkey. Get ready for the donkey. Here comes the donkey. Oh, the D-O-C-K-E-Y, the D-O-N-K-E-Y. I don't know if I even spell it right. The donkey, the donkey, the donkey. That was awesome. I didn't know he had a cowbell. It's enough. See, how many know some of us are like that, like that donkey? Thank God. You know, you're cursing the fact that you tied up and bound up right now. But I'm going to tell you what's about to happen in some of y'all's life. This is the power of the resurrection. This is the power of this week. Thank God that you've been bound up at this moment. Don't feel like you would ever thank God for that. Because the reality is this. If you had not been bound up, you would have not been at that spot. You would have already decided to go one of those other two roads which led away from where Jesus was. You'd have chose either one of them ways, come on, that you was tied next to. But thank God that God sent a man, praise God, to loose, uh-huh, to lay hands upon you. Come on, somebody. To speak into your life that was on a mission to find you where you was bound up. Come on, somebody. You shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. In my name you shall cast out devils. How many of those God has called us to loose the rope? Then lead us to Jesus. So how cool is it that the first donkey, I mean the first person to ever ride that donkey was Jesus. How cool is it that the first entry into this world that Jesus made, his mama made it on a donkey. When he entered into the door of the place 
where he would introduce himself to the world as a baby of that cave, of that manger. It was because his mama was riding on a donkey. And that donkey went right. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Ain't it amazing how God works that he ended up having to be born in a place where a donkey was comfortable, where a donkey could be fed, where a donkey could eat and be nourished. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Jesus in his belly. Because how many knows just like a baby? A baby don't start existing when it's born. A baby starts existing when he's conceived. How many knows Jesus was leaping in the womb of Mary? Because so he was riding on that donkey with her. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. He rode the donkey into the natural world and proclaimed himself to be the fulfillment of Isaiah, that he shall be born of a virgin. He shall ride on the colt and, and be born in the, a little town called Bethlehem. But when it came time for the Messiah, he said, I rode the donkey in into the natural. Now something shifted in the spirit realm. But it ain't just any donkey. It's a donkey that's sitting over there by himself. It's a donkey that nobody knows about. It's a donkey that feels like everybody's forgotten. Everybody else is getting to be used. He feels like God has forsaken him. Let him know. Maybe, maybe, Mr. Donkey, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe you've been on hold for this moment. Maybe you've been stalled for this moment. Maybe you've been tied up for your own good. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is your moment to lift up Jesus. Jesus had every right to mount a white stallion decorated in gold like the greatest king of the world with, the, with his you know, giant hoofs and his mane painted and, and, and braided and laced with gold hopping in like this, you know. Huh? How many of us had that right? But he rode a donkey. And I remember when I first preached this message in the hay barn. And I said to myself, I want to be a donkey. And I'm glad my name is not Jack. Have y'all had a good time today? Do you love your church? It's been a long time since I did that without reading the scripture because I, I want you to know that I, I come with scripture. I have probably 15 scriptures that I was going to read today. But there's a prophetic vein flowing through this house. And I have to speak at the moment. And address the issue. But I couldn't just close by saying something about the donkey. I had to also say something about the palm tree. It's so amazing that it's called Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday because its branches 
from a palm tree, right? And I love the fact that the palm tree was chosen. Because just like I love how the donkey was chosen, because I can relate to that donkey. Can y'all relate to that donkey? How, how many would say this with me? Many times. Say it. Many times. I have felt like a donkey. I'm telling you right now, I felt like the King James donkey. Now watch this. I love the fact he chose the donkey, but I love the fact that he chose the palm branch because the palm tree is so amazing. Let me tell you something real quick about the palm tree. Did you know that in all of the botanist world, in all the botanist world, there's only one breed of tree that has this. The palm tree has something in it, in its family of trees, that no other tree has within it. True elasticity. The ability to bend and not break. Other trees can bend a certain way, but they snap. Very, very rare do you ever see a palm tree snap. It will be uprooted before you ever see it snapped. One of the worst hurricanes that ever hit the shores at that time, certainly, and even to this day, is always listed as one of the worst ones that ever hit the American shore was Hurricane Andrew. You remember that? When Miami took a direct hit, Homestead. You remember that? Let me tell you something that I read about what happened there. They knew, the botanists and the scientists knew that this, this was going to be a historical storm. So they went throughout Miami and they tagged hundreds and hundreds of palm trees. They measured them, height, they measured their width at the base, and they marked them and they identified them of the exact height that they were before that storm. When Hurricane Andrew hit, stay with me for just a minute, you saw the images. It was total devastation. I mean, Homestead was wiped out. At that time, it was the most expensive natural disaster in history. And tr palm tree after palm tree in the, in the eye of the hurricane was literally bent almost all the way over to where the, the branches were almost touching the earth. But over time, they didn't break. And they didn't come uprooted with a category, whatever that is, on the scale that was one of the worst ever. Over time, they begin to stand back up. When I say over time, I'm talking about days and weeks. Just a couple of weeks later, most of them were standing up. These same botanists went back and began to check the health of these trees. Listen to this. After the storms hit and the trees stood up, they began to go back to the tags to where they knew the trees were and measured them. And they would call out the height of the tree and they would look at the clipboard and they'd say, you've got the wrong tree. No, this is the right tree. Here's the tag. It's marked. They found that every palm tree in Miami grew at least, oh, y'all ain't hearing me, close to a foot in the storm. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. It is a documented fact that every tree that was bent over, when it finally stood back up, 
was stronger, taller, bigger than it was before the storm. Oh, I wish I had somebody to help me. I'm telling you, you need to grab a hold of something. You need to grab a hold of the Word of God. And you might bend. You might look like you're going down. But hold on, honey. The storm is working. And the storm ain't going to last forever. And you're going to stand back up. Oh, that palm tree. And when you when you come out you're gonna come you ain't just going through it you are growing through it oh somebody give him a shout up get up on your feet and shout i'm not going through it i'm growing through it i'm growing through it now is my wife anywhere in here if she is find her and tell her to come on up here I need my ushers to get up right here and stand here. But before we do that, we're going to get ready to do announcements. We're going to do offering. We're going to do all this stuff. But before we do that, I'm telling you, I feel like there's some donkeys that need to get loosed in here today. I feel like there's some donkeys that's been tied up too long. I feel like there's some folks that feel like they've been forsaken, but they realize today I've been high. It's time for me to make Jesus high and lift it up. Not only are there some donkeys in here, I know it's Palm Sunday. That, that fact I got a branch or a limb and I got a palm. Can I tell you something else I found out today? I tell you something else I found out today about a palm tree. They said, in the family of palm trees, there are branches of the trees in the family. Do you know how many branches of palm trees there are that every tree, every palm tree falls up under those branches? There's 10 branches. How many of those on the ends of our, this hand and this hand? Oh, come on. How many fingers we got? 10 fingers, 10 toes. At the end of every branch, we got, oh, come on. It's, it's amazing how God did it. We got palm branches built in. So if we got palm branches built in, that means that God wants to see us ourselves as a palm tree. Hallelujah. When the storms come, baby, bend but don't break. Bend but don't break. And when you get through going through it, you're going to find out that you was growing through it. If some of y'all been going through a storm, and you feel like you're about to break, you at your breaking point, you ready for God to stand you back up? Some of you feel like you've been tied up, bound up, chained up. You ready to be set free? You ready to be the carrier of the gospel? You ready to put Jesus on you and take him in? Come on, if that's you, I want you to run to these altars on a Palm Sunday. Run to these altars right now. It's time to get free. It's time to get free. Run to these altars right now. Run, run, run in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen. I want oh, Jim, Kathy, Sandy, Ray. Those are on the prayer. Mac, Ruby, come up here. I want you to just walk around to these people that are up here. And all I want you to do is just come up to them in their ear and say, do you want me to pray for you? Those that I just, come on, come on. If they say yes, if they feel comfortable doing it, I want you to lay hands on them and pray for them. Come on, let the Lord use you. Let the Lord use you.
Ask them if they want you to pray for them and then pray if they do. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got some more on this side over here. Some more. Come on. Come on. Come on, Mandy. Come on, Mandy. Come pray for her. Hallelujah. 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 Set them free. 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 Come on. God's using you to un- to loosen that rope. God, you, God sent you to them where they're at to loose that rope. Loose that rope. Loose that rope. Loose that rope. Charlotte. Charlotte, come here. Come and pray for her. Come and pray for her. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 When I see the chains falling, falling, falling. I see the chains falling, 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 falling. I see the chains falling, falling, falling. Set us free, Lord. Oh, set us free. In this place, I see the chains fall, 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 fall. Oh, I see the rope loosening, loosening, loosening. I see the shackles breaking, breaking, breaking. I see your people. I see your people getting free. Oh, in my life, I see my chains falling, falling, falling. I see the rope on my life loosening, loosening, loosening. Oh, in my life, I see. The bondage is breaking, breaking, breaking. Oh, and I see my family getting free, getting free, getting free. Who mm. the sun is set free? Who the sun is set free? Oh, it's free indeed. Free indeed. Thank you. 
must to do. Storms are raging in my life all around me. But I know, God, that you found me. Oh, in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. My mind is torment, my body's aching. Oh, it feels like everything seems to be crumbling all around me. Seems to be, I can't see no hope in front of me. and it's shaking. The shackles are falling. Stand up. See the salvation of the Lord. Walk out of that prison. Walk out today. 
Walk out. Don't be like that elephant that was in that circus from a baby was tied to a stake on a rope. Other than when he performed in the circus tent, he was tied to that rope, that stake. Big stake. Tugged, tried it a few times, couldn't get away. Somebody showed up on that grown elephant. Been in, the, been in the circus now for 50 plus years. Walked up on that elephant. That gigantic elephant. It's tied to a common stake that you would use to mark something in your yard. About that wide. A little piece of one by driven into the ground with a little rope tied around it and tied to, to the side of his head. He could have literally sneezed and snapped it. But would not move. No matter what you tried to do. Because in that, in that elephant's mind. That stake was its destiny. That rope was its destiny. I'm telling y'all, some of y'all bound by the silliest things. The truth be known, you'd laugh at yourself if you'd really realize what you've allowed to hold you back from serving God. Because somebody spoke that over you, somebody said that to you, somebody put you in a prison that you were not supposed to be in. I know because that was me. All that elephant needed to, to be able to do is to remind himself that he was an elephant. That was it. Not only was it bigger than that stake, there wasn't a, there wasn't a man, there wasn't a snake, there wasn't a chain in that place that could hold him. But he had to he had to know that. It's time for you to know who you are in God. Because when you know who you are in God, ain't nothing can bind you up again. Amen. we doing what we doing announcements for that video or are you saying something? videos yeah, videos okay all right you can worship back to your seat don't nobody leave yet come on this is palm sunday my god what you think you ain't got no palm sunday dinner to go to that's next week you do you do that's not a palm that's not a palm sunday going out to eat after church charlotte is not a palm sunday dinner Well, I guess technically it is. It's Palm Sunday. You're eating. So there's dinner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a stab here. Anybody going to Mudos? What? Nobody's going to Mudos. Let's all go to Mudos. No. 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 I'm. I, who wants to go to Chick Fil A? Are y'all like me? Do y'all crave Chick-fil-A on Sunday? <laughs> okay, be seated. I want to I just pray over you. I, 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 listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just been, been in that vein lately, and I'm just going to tell you. I don't apologize for what's happening here. I mean, we're going to have an awesome Easter service next week. It's going to be powerful. But I'm going to tell you something. This is the first Easter that we have not gone overboard to promote Easter. God told me, he said, son, let me tell you something. It's okay for you to promote things, 
But you need to go through a season where you don't feel like you need to promote that I was resurrected. Everybody in the world knows that next Sunday is celebrating my resurrection. So you, you show up and you have church just like you had church any other day. We're going to talk about the resurrection. We're going to have performances up here. We're going to have uh, presentations from the children. We're going to have dramas. We're going to have fun. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. But when it's ultimately said, don't you change one thing about what's been happening in that service under the guise of we, we need to put our Easter face on. We're going to have church in this place next week. And, you, and, and I'm going to be conscious you didn't get to have Easter dinner last year, so you're really going to eat good this year. And I am too. I'm going to do my best to be conscious of it. But at the same time, you can leave and check out anytime. Nobody's going to judge you for that. But we, even on Easter, we're going we to let God move in this place. Okay? These altars are going to be open and people are going to be saved next week. Come on. Do you believe with me? I believe. Somebody say, people are going to be saved. I want to pray over you right now. In your family. Father, I thank you right now for the church, God, that you have blessed me and so honored me. Your pastor. They are my family. They are my family. And I sense in my spirit, God, that they are going through so many things that nobody knows about. They are hurting disappointed things have not turned out God the way they thought I pray for my brothers and sisters I pray for my family that you would remind them of the words in this message today we're not going through it we're growing through it we're going to come out of this and not only are we are going to come out of it we're coming out of it together stronger more connected to each other than we've ever been. I pray for the families in this house, for the finances. God, for more than anything, the joy of the Lord. We want the new normal to be your joy, your peace. Let us be free. Put something on us that would, others would want to have in their life. Let them see a joy on us that they need. Help us to be like those two disciples, to not be afraid, to not judge, but just simply to be used by God to untie that rope and lead them back to Jesus. bless this offering. I bless every seed that will be sown into the kingdom of God. That not only would you bless them, but they would come back 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what your word promises. In Jesus' name.